Security guards have an interesting job. Some of them see some very creepy things on the night shift, and others end up dealing with some very creepy people. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy, and allegedly true, scary stories from security guards. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, and I'd love to do some more security guard stories in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true security guard horror stories that'll keep you away from being a security guard for the foreseeable future. When I was growing up, I spent a lot of time at my grandma's house. A huge creepy mansion straight out of a horror film. I live in the United Kingdom. The place is huge with large grounds and a tiny one-bedroom shack, which we call the lodge, at the entrance of the property, just as you enter the gates. The house used to be more isolated, but as the years have gone by, the area had become much more built up and inhabited. This means a lot of teenagers and young adults taking an interest in the creepy old house which unfortunately brought in break-ins and vandals. They became a real threat. I remember as a child screaming bloody murder because I spotted a man in a hoodie hiding in a tree while I was playing. Anyway, after one too many break-ins in the lodge, which given its proximity to the edge of the property became a prime target, we decided to do something. We hired a security firm to send a guard to be there at night. I should add that the lodge was uninhabited, and had been for many years. So the next morning comes and when my uncle goes to check on the guard who's nowhere to be found, despite his shift not being finished, my uncle calls the firm angrily and receives an apology and a promise to send someone else the next night. The same thing happens the next night, and then the next. When my uncle calls the firm, they tell him they've done all they can, even fired the last guard for refusing to stay, and they won't be able to send anyone else. My uncle asks for the guard's number and sets up a meeting. The guard tells my uncle what happened. He was apprehensive, given his colleague's reaction to the job, but determined to complete the shift. He was a seasoned guard and had never left the job. Everything was normal until around 2am. He had heard a bang from inside the lodge. Strange, given that it was boarded up with no entrance, except the one he was guarding. Entering through the front door quietly... He paused to see if he could hear anything. It was quiet, pure silence. He checked the property before exiting, noting that it was empty of almost all furniture. Five minutes later, the bang sounded again, this time clearly from upstairs. Rushing up the stairs, he entered the bedroom. In the center of the room was an armchair facing away. In it sat a black mass, a shadow-like thing with an almost formless seam. It stood out, even in the darkness of the room, lit only by the moon. He froze. The shadow shifted until it was standing. It stood two meters in front of him, and he heard a bang again. But the shadow had not moved. It seemed to have come from the mass itself, not its movement. The guard spoke of the terror that filled him. He stood frozen, the cold of the room overwhelming him despite the warm night. A sense of danger hit him, and his instincts kicked in. 
With overpowering terror, he turned and fled the room in the house and did not look back until he was in his car, where he called his boss and refused to return, even after he was threatened with being fired. He said there was no power on earth that could make him return there. The visceral reaction he had to that thing made him believe it was pure evil, something so dark he was unwilling to even consider returning. My uncle truly believed him. The man had no real reason to lie, and the sweat that broke out in his face while he told the story really convinced him. I have lots of stories about the place, and even more about the main house. Everyone who's lived there has had their own experiences in that place. It's an open secret that no one acknowledges, which is why my uncle was so unwilling to accept the security guards leaving. Eventually, we got dogs which also put a stop to the vandals. Although, who knows, maybe word got out about what was actually in there. Maybe people stopped coming by out of sheer terror. This story happened to me in December of 2018. I'm a recent Navy veteran and has seen and dealt with a lot of awkward and tough situations which made it to where I really don't scare easily. Just some insight on me. I am now a 28-year-old male, athletic build, ready to take on the world since leaving the military. My name is Ron. I started working as a security guard in a Michigan mall. I won't name it in this story for security reasons, and I was loving my job and the people I worked with. The night of the 23rd, I was to work my first overnight shift, which only consisted of one officer for eight to nine hours. I didn't think much of it, so I clock in for my shift at 10 p.m. and get everything ready for the night. My first rove through the mall, I verify all the doors are locked, make sure that no one is in the mall, and hit all my checkpoints. The night is running smooth. Sometime around 2 a.m., I start making my way around the mall again to do another check. I'm making my way to the center court where we have our Santa set up, and as I round the corner, I froze in what I can only describe as pure terror. About 30 feet away from me, I can see and smell a homeless man wearing a Santa hat, holding a machete in one hand and what looked to be a club in the other. He had this look of pure evil on his face, like he was there to do one thing, and that was to kill me. I just froze, sitting there, running over what to do in my mind. All I had was a radio and handcuffs. This man had two weapons, and I didn't want a chance fighting him, but I knew I could outrun him to the safety of my locked office. I knew all the shortcuts and back halls like the back of my hand. Then, an arcane gate started playing music, which I guess caught the guy off guard as he took his eyes off me for a second, and once he did that, I made my run for it. As I'm running, I can hear him right behind me. Get back here, you're mine. Not once did I stop. I ran and dodged around corners and bounded through halls as fast as I could. I make the final turn to the hallway my office was in. I had only one chance to type my lock code into the door, get in, and shut it before he got to me. I finally made it to the door and can still hear him as he is now laughing hysterically. I quickly and flawlessly punched in my code, hopped in the office, and slammed the door shut. There is only a second of quiet before he starts banging on the door, and thank god it was a reinforced door. Suddenly, the banging stops and I go to the monitors. He is standing in front of the door, not moving an inch. Mr. Security Guard, come on out, let's make this fast. It'll only hurt for a second. 
I'm freaked out at this point, because his intentions are clear. I do not know why I didn't call the police right then and there. I really should have, I know. I decided to wait him out. An hour goes by and he hasn't moved. I feel safe in the office, but eventually, people will start showing up to open up shop. I have to do something. I finally called the police, and they said they have an officer right down the street. I was so thankful when I heard the sirens and watched the man run out of there. I watched him on the cameras and he ended up running right into two huge linebacker police officers. He never stood a chance. After that night, I refused to work night shift and left that job two months later, but I will never forget that night or that voice. A few winters ago, I worked security for a company that was in the process of converting an abandoned warehouse into one that was up to par for modern day work. This was a pretty tedious task. The warehouse had been abandoned since the 80s, and the decades had not been so kind. The plants had not overtaken the building, as it was well within a concrete jungle, but it was still far enough off the beaten path that it had attracted several residents who had not been kind to it. Most of the copper that wasn't bolted down or just too difficult to reach had been stolen, so all the wiring had to be redone. The windows had cracked, the ceiling had leaked in places, you get the idea. In truth, part of me wondered if it wouldn't have been easier just to tear the place down and rebuild entirely. The earlier days of the job were largely uneventful. The squatters and random urban explorers quickly caught on to the fact that the building was being renovated. A chain-link fence topped with barbed wire was set up around most of the construction equipment. New locks were placed on the doors, and there were various security installments to deter anyone who was trying to take off with exposed equipment or materials. You know, those motion-sensing lights that people place outside their homes to deter burglars? We had a sort of enhanced system of those. They would flood an area with this bright, almost sickly green light, but it was blinding to whoever was caught in it. We also had a silent alarm that would sound if it were triggered, and as a final failsafe, a deafening alarm would be pulled by security in conjunction with it. For some relevant context, there was one largely unsupervised entrance into the building. A series of maintenance access corridors spanned throughout the walls, and these could mostly only be entered from inside, but there was one external entrance. There was sort of an unloading area that adjoined to the basement of the building. Trucks could drive down a ramp into a tunnel and enter this area, and alongside of the tunnel, there was an entrance in the maintenance access corridor. Most of the employees weren't aware this door existed as now it served precious little purpose. Hell, I only know of it because it was pointed out to me by some of the renovators. The tunnel and the adjoining area would likely be the last place to be touched, in all honesty, I wasn't even sure it was going to be, as I didn't know if the current company intended to make use for it. The door wasn't in plain sight. It was behind a guardrail, and it went up into the building at a sort of angle that made it very difficult to see unless you were facing it from a certain direction. It would be entirely possible to walk or drive right past it and never know it existed. It was an imposing, albeit unassuming, old steel door. The hinges themselves had some rust on them, but the door was mostly in good shape. It was dark in color, though it did not seem to be painted. The handle was stainless steel and had aged the best of all from the door. This was the one giveaway of the door's existence. If you were in the tunnel and it was dark enough, a flashlight or a natural light might glint off the handle, indicating it was there. This door kept locked in obvious reasons, but it was easy to forget that it was there, 
We never patrolled the maintenance access corridors as part of the security routine. It was generally assumed to even get inside of them, an intruder would have to trip the alarm well before even being able to enter those. And it wasn't entirely safe. There were exposed wires, and those corridors were extremely claustrophobic. Not to mention that once you were in them, you had no way to know where the exits were, or you'd be wandering around lost for quite a while. Moreover, some of the exits no longer worked, or at least weren't operational for now due to the ongoing construction. This brings us to December 22nd. It was one of the worst sorts of winter nights. It was cold and raining, but it was just warm enough that we had been pelted with freezing rain and denied snow. The wind didn't quite howl, but it had been an eerie moan as it passed by the warehouse. At this time of year, it got dark around six or so, so by midnight, it was nearly pitch black outside. The storm just added to this. It had been a particularly boring night. The lull of the rain and the constant hum of the yellow fluorescent lights had made me rather sleepy. I tried reading to pass the time. There wasn't any Wi-Fi and phone reception was very poor, but I just could not focus myself. I considered sleeping, but I had this weird gut feeling that I needed to stay awake. I was not afraid and I did not feel like I was being watched or anything like that. It's really hard to explain. I just had this sense that I could nap later, but I needed to wait up just a bit longer just to make sure it'd be appropriate. I didn't want my boss reviewing the footage and thinking I had gone to sleep too early, I suppose. But I don't feel like that was quite what I was thinking at the time. So it was with lidded eyes and a nodding head that I heard a click from somewhere within the facility. At first, my mind didn't even register it. I had just let it be the background noise. And then I realized it was not that. It was an abnormal sound. At once, I was wide awake and immediately looked at my surroundings. Nothing had fallen. Nothing was out of place. I was almost tempted to shrug it off as an electrical issue, but it just did not sit right with me. I had been there long enough to know that this building had all kinds of sounds and what they sounded like, and that wasn't a noise I had heard before. I decided I'd just do a routine patrol, nothing fancy, and make sure the doors were still locked, and that would be enough. As I left the rudimentary security post, which was really a desk surrounded by filing cabinets, I began to feel a sense of unease creeping into my spine. I couldn't place what it was, but the further I got from my vantage point, which allowed me to see most of the main floor, the less safe I felt. I felt very exposed, vulnerable even. Every step I took made me want to retreat to the desk. I shook it off. I told myself that I was being silly, Hell, I had chased off homeless people before. It wouldn't be any different if that is what it was. The self-reassurance didn't really work. This felt different somehow. I went door to door, and each of them was locked, just as they were supposed to be. Seeing this made me feel just a little bit better, and by the time I visited the final door, I was mostly able to shove the burgeoning dread out of my mind. I was satisfied with the inspection and figured that the sound must have been from the storm, somehow. It didn't make any sense, but it was the only thing I could figure at the time. I shrugged it off and began to walk back to my desk. I had almost made it back to my seat when I heard a sound that sent a chill down my spine. It was a distinct rattling sound, as though someone was rattling a doorknob somewhere within the facility. I froze and I listened. The sound continued only for an instant, and then there was a gentle but distinct thud. Someone had tried to push their weight against a door and it had held. 
My first instinct was to check my pager and see if the alarm had been tripped. To my surprise and confusion, it had not. I frowned. I would write it off as a wayward bat thrashing about in the rafters, but the sound had seemingly come from against the outside wall, and a bat would not be able to rattle a doorknob. I remained still for a moment. I listened for something, anything, but all I could hear was the rain against the rooftop. The wind and the din of cheap warehouse lighting. I sighed through my nose. The fear had given way to a feeling of annoyance now. I started the long walk across the concrete floor to check the doors once again, and then I remembered it. The outside door. The click. Someone was in the maintenance corridors. My heart rate immediately picked up. That feeling of unease had given way near to terror. My first instinct was to trip the loud alarm, but for some reason I could not bring myself to do it. If the person didn't know that I was in the building, it tipped them off. It was possible they were lost and trapped in the corridors, for now, but if they got out. I set off the silent alarm instead. I knew I was going to have to go into the corridors, but this was extremely unsettling. I was going to have to hope and pray that I came in behind the person and that I was the one stalking them and not the other way around. I quietly walked over to the nearest door, a tiny metal frame with a glass window that allowed me to see and peer into the corridor. It was virtually pitch black. I looked to the left and to the right. The right led to a sort of junction before hitting a corner of the building, and the left was a long, empty corridor. I slowly opened the door, letting it gently shut behind me, and flicked on my flashlight. This corridor was empty. I went to the right, first. I figured that if the intruder came down the left door, I would have ample time to react, but I didn't want to be caught off guard. As I reached the turn, however, I hesitated. I was utterly terrified that I would round the corner and be face to face with the intruder. I could almost feel their eyes on me. I even took a step backward. I listened. No footsteps, no breathing, nothing. I bit my lip and rounded the turn and was greeted by an equally empty corridor. This one didn't run as far. I was relieved. I began making slow, deliberate steps down the corridor, carefully to not trip over wiring and pipes, and would stop every so often to listen. It was still, and incredibly silent. Eerily silent. I made it about halfway down the corridor when I hear a doorknob rattle again. It was hard to ascertain how close it was, now as the sound echoed down the hallways. I froze. The rattling continued before it was followed by a heavy bang. They weren't being subtle anymore. They had slammed into the door. I wasn't sure if they were even in the corridor anymore and decided now was the best time to turn back. The police had to be here soon. I would just go back to my desk and wait it out. That's what I should have done from the beginning. Entering the maze was a mistake. I rounded the corner to get back to the door from where I had entered, and as my flashlight fell on the corridor, I almost missed it. Almost. The light illuminated a silhouette at the end of the hall. There was a man, or what I assumed to be a man, standing still at the edge of the flashlight's beam. He was tall. Extremely tall. He was every bit of six foot six, and he wasn't the lanky type. If anything, he seemed that he was overweight and was a bit hunched over in the narrow confines of the corridor. He seemed to have his head angled down a bit, and he was wearing all black. We both stood there for a moment motionless. I was paralyzed with fear. I cannot say 
what it was about him, he just felt wrong. This didn't seem like a squatter seeking shelter. I can't explain it, but I knew that he had malicious intent. Trying to hide the shakiness in my voice, I summoned the scariest tone I could muster out and shouted, Security! Freeze! He didn't move for a moment. I began walking towards him, fully intending to exit through the door which I had entered and locking him in the chamber, and he started barreling towards me. I mean a full-on sprint. He was faster than I expected, way faster than he should have been. The footsteps echoed in the corridor. I instinctively bolted for the door, but I shouldn't have, and made him rapidly draw closer to me. As I ran for the door, I could hear his staggered breathing as he drew nearer and nearer. He beat me to the door, he knew that's where I was headed, and he stopped and waited for me. I froze once again. I couldn't hide that my hands were shaking. The flashlight beam thrashed wildly about the corridor. He seemed even larger up close. He stared me down with inky black eyes. The man was probably in his mid-forties, but it was hard to tell. He had long gray hair and similarly gray stubble. His face was eaten up with what looked like pockmarks. He had water dripping off his black clothes, and the top of his head was covered with a black beanie. He smiled a wide, toothy grin at me and took a step towards me. I wanted to run, but he knew the nearest doors were locked. It was pointless. Don't come any closer, I demanded. He took another step, and then another, and he was now uncomfortably close to me. He had that rancid, sticky sweet smell that rotting meat has, topped with cigarette smoke. He leaned down a bit to directly be in my face, and I caught a hint of peppermint and alcohol in his breath. He reached a gloved hand towards me and placed it on my shoulder. He spoke with this childlike voice. It was falsely high-pitched and sounded like a voice that a kindergarten-age kid would use to taunt their other friends. But this came over his natural, gritty baritone in years of being a hard smoker. Tag, you're it. He kept his hand on my shoulder and just stared at me, grinning, for what felt like an hour. Then he slowly turned around and bolted down the corridor, laughing with this horrible laugh as he sprinted into the dark. I did not move. I could not move. I waited until I heard the footsteps and demonic laugh grow quieter and quieter, and when I was sure he was far enough away, I ran for the door, nearly fell out of it and forced it shut, and locked it behind me. I then sprinted across the concrete floor to the main entrance, sounded the noise alarm, and ran outside into the rain. I stood outside back against the wall of the building, panting for breath. I couldn't even feel the cold. I didn't feel the cold until I heard the sirens. I was absolutely numb when the police walked past me. I was able to talk, but it felt like my body was on autopilot, and I was watching from outside. They combed the entire building, corridors included, but they couldn't find anyone. They did, however, find that the door to the maintenance access from the tunnel was open. They also found a large butcher knife, a half-drank bottle of bottom-shelf vodka, and a sheet of notebook paper with a smiley face drawn in between the door and the guardrail. About four years ago, I worked as a laundress. I worked 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. and worked off and alone. We usually have a security guard posted near the parking lot. They carry a radio and pepper spray. And later in the day, they patrol the building. A new guy recently started, and I never saw him watching over the parking lot when I came in each morning. Throughout my shift, he would come into the laundry room. He was talkative, but I noticed he would look at my body a lot when he thought I wasn't noticing. One day, I came into work and started putting my stuff away and getting ready to clock in. I did not turn on all the lights yet, 
so there were parts of the room that I couldn't really see. Suddenly, I hear radio static in the corner of the room, and I see a red light. I turn on the lights, and the new guy's in the corner of the room, hiding and watching me. When I asked him what he was doing here, he said he was just hanging out and started laughing. It was obvious he was waiting for me. He ended up doing this so often that I got used to it. I came in early one day and was working in one of our smaller areas. He came into the smaller room to talk to me. He's a big guy, so I couldn't get around him. He was just talking to me, but I couldn't move or leave the room because he blocked the door. He asked me why I came in early that day and I told him it was because I needed to try to leave earlier that day. He told me that I was required to tell him all my hours so that he always knows where I am. He was leaning over me. He was incredibly tall, and I felt like he was trying to upset me or something. I had this horrible feeling in my stomach that he was about to try something, so I pushed past him and called my supervisor, who said they would keep an eye on him. I told them that I had a bad gut feeling about this guy and that I really needed to leave for the day. The next day he was fired, apparently. He wasn't in the guard tower at the start of the shift, because he would spend mornings in the woods near the parking lot area recording girls walking in for their shifts each morning. They also found a huge collection of pop and soda cans and coffee cups in his locker that he admitted that he had dug out from various trash bins around where I and the other girls worked. His wife shortly left him and took full custody of their newborn baby, and that's about all I ever heard about that. Might not be the scariest story ever, but some security guards really need to be better checked in the background. This story comes from my father who was a security guard for the hospital in our small town for quite a long time. The hospital was built in 1908, established in a mining community, and then turned into a nursing home for miners. My dad had the responsibility of walking around and locking up the offices and making sure no one else stood around after 10pm. This was a three-story building. The bottom is where the basement and old morgue was. The second floor being the meeting offices, kitchen, gym, dialysis center, and visitor bathrooms. The upper floor being where all the elderly residents stayed and were taken care of. He says he was walking up to the second floor, locking up the bottom visitor door, and checking the offices for people around 11pm. He walked by the women's and men's visitor bathrooms near the gym. As he was walking by the women's restroom, he heard a woman who hacked a very loud obnoxious cough sound like they ripped a paper towel from the dispenser, and then it went eerily quiet. He waited by the door for someone to come out. However, no one did. He waited a bit longer, and still, nothing. He finally knocked on the door, saying, Ma'am? No response back. He slowly opened the door. The light was off, and the only echo that filled the room was when the door loudly squeaked open. He turned the light on, and no one was there. He checked the two stalls and the smaller shower that was in there. All empty. When he glanced near the trash, he noticed a piece of torn paper, shriveled up and thrown in the trash. He quickly walked out of the restroom and left. To this day, he swears the cough was clear as day, loud and eerie. He can't explain it, and he's a skeptic in the paranormal. There are many, many other personal stories and stuff that I could share from that same building in the future if you guys would like to hear my dad's stories. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true security guard horror stories. 
As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and it's incredibly helpful for the channel. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating, as that's very helpful over there and helps the show grow. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you've experienced something scary and you want to share it on the Swamp Dweller Show, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the Swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but you still want to download your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories and listen to them wherever you go, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and potentially giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and tons of other cool things over there. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.